Hey friends, is life feeling really complicated lately? The Bible teaches that we can have peace and strength even in the middle of trials and hardships. But what does that really look like in 2020? Today we're discussing the spiritual practices that are foundational for a growing relationship with God. Today's episode is called Operation Rebuild. Get ready to take notes and I'll see you on the other side. What's going on V1 Church? I want to thank you for being here today. It is an honor and a joy to have you all here at Sunday service and it's going to be a special one here today but before we begin can we just give it up to our lead pastors yes. pastor mike and yeah. pastor mm-hmm. julie so awesome for leading this house and this month we're going through restoring the walls how, how to rebuild and renew mm-hmm. your relationship with god and pastor kiel last week brought such a great message on restoring the broken pieces but today we have a great, great episode. We're going to have Pastor Chase hey. and Pastor Evan here for a, a table discussion that we're calling Operation Rebuild. So we want you to lean in, get your notepads, get whatever you have to write on your phone because you are going to want to get this information into your spirit. So what's going on, guys? Come on. So excited. (laughs) So excited. This is cool. And hey, go ahead and hit that share button right now. Somebody you know needs to hear what's about to go down at this table. (laughs) So let's do it. Yeah, I'm ready. ready. All right, cool. So we're talking about uh, the book, Restoring the Walls, right? And right now we're going into Nehemiah chapter 4. So just to give you a little context, what's happening. Nehemiah is now in Jerusalem. He's actually working with people and they're rebuilding the walls, but he's facing opposition. He's facing ridicule there as they begin to work. So what I want us to focus on is this, how we rebuild in the face of conflict is vital for living out a Christ-centered life. Um, So what we want to do during this time is we're going to actually be talking about spiritual basics. We're going to be talking about spiritual formation. What does that look like and how you can apply it to your very life? Now, this list in this book is not exhaustive. All right. There's a lot more disciplines, but I felt that these were the ones that you can relate to. And maybe some of you are having trouble with these spiritual disciplines. So we're going to learn and we're going to grow together. So if you're following with me, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6 says, So we built the wall, and all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. The first discipline I want to talk about is prayer. How many of you guys love prayer? I know Pastor Chase loves prayer. (laughs) So so we saw in chapter 2 that Nehemiah was praying, right? Um, When he first heard about the destruction of his homeland, he began to pray. Uh, But I think that the first step into building a prayer life is admitting that we don't even have an idea how to pray. Mm -hmm. And what this is, is is this emptying of our spiritual pride when it comes to prayer. It's just emptying, say, God, just use me. God, just fill me. And allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us to pray with groaning and words that we don't even begin to Mm -hmm. understand. Um, I like what Matthew 6, 5 says in the message translation. It's actually pretty good. It says, and when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production Mm -hmm. either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat 
Man, I don't know. But <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty good right there. And later on, a few verses later, it says, even before we ask, right? He knows what we need. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, Pastor, I want to ask you a question. Um, when we're talking about different forms of prayer, because I know maybe some of you have those questions. What are some different ways that we can pray individually and collectively? Uh, I'll start with you, Pastor Evan. Sure. Um, how can we pray as individuals? Yeah, well, I love what you said about admitting that we don't really know how to pray. That's not something that really comes naturally to a lot of people. We have this thing built into us, it seems like, yeah. this this invisible barrier between us mm. and God. Mm. You know, so many people feel like, oh, I have to go to the pastor to go to God for me. That's right. Yeah. And that's not something that just existed 2,000 years ago before Jesus completed his work on the cross. That's mm -hmm. something that still exists now. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you see Jesus' disciples, the only thing that we have recorded in Scripture, them asking Jesus, teach us how to do this, mm -hmm. is teach us how to pray. Yeah. So yeah. it's so vital. And I think that, you know, answering the question like how do we pray individually mm. I think it's just recognizing that the veil was torn yeah that right. there's no longer a barrier between us and our father yeah and I think just allowing that intimacy mm. and that closeness yeah. he's closer than a friend yeah and yeah. when you can yeah. start to talk to God your mm. father like he's a friend yeah. And there isn't this religious barrier mm. of our like your language. Like, yeah. do you talk to God yeah. like with these and thous? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. <laughs> when you pr your individual prayer time, yeah. it should be some of the most, it, not some of the most intimate conversations oh, that yeah. you have. Oh yeah, um, So I think that just recognizing that that barrier doesn't exist except mm. in your mind. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Pastor Chase, uh, same question. What are some different ways that we can pray now collectively? Yeah, okay, so I, I love what you were saying, too, like, uh, not using, like, these and thous mm -hmm. and everything. It's like, mm -hmm. you just get raw and vulnerable with God, but, like, collectively. Yeah. So, yeah. as a church, we actually have, like, an amazing opportunity to mm -hmm. pray collectively, because yeah. we're live every mm -hmm. morning on Instagram at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday through Friday, and then That's Monday right. through Saturday yeah. at 7 p.m. Yeah. So, you got six days a week that you can pray collectively <laughs> you got no as a kids. church. No <laughs> yeah, and if you're a morning person, you got 7 a.m. Yeah, if you're a yeah. night person, you got 7 p.m. So good. yeah, like you said, Where's there's no excuse. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> awesome, yeah. So great, great answers, pastors. Um, yeah, so when we're talking about prayer, there's silent prayer, there's centering, there's uh, contemplative, there's reflection, uh, intercessory prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the ultimate goal of prayer is knowing God intimately, mm, yeah. right? Um, what are some postures of prayer? Like, like how do you pray? Like, what's a posture? Because I know mm -hmm. um, when we look at scripture, there's really no rules mm -hmm. as far as how you should pray. But, but tell, tell them, how do you pray? How does the pastor hey. ever pray? <laughs> well, hey, I will say that, you know, there definitely is no uh, instruction manual. You should kneel when you pray. You should yeah. stand when you pray. But I will say that there's power in uh, mirroring your physical posture with the posture you want your spirit to yeah. emulate. So mm -hmm. it's really hard to be prideful when mm -hmm. you're on your face before God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to that's be right. puffed up when that's you're right. on your knees. Yeah. So I think there is power, and that's why you see in the church yeah. that we take these postures of prayer, like when we have our palms open, mm -hmm. like that's a receiving position. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the natural mm -hmm. and the supernatural is so intertwined. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we as believers, we can forget that. Yeah that doing something physical with your body mm -hmm. actually can activate your faith. That's good. 
Yeah, yeah that's really good. That's good. What about you? How does Pastor Chase pray? What posture? I think there's like it's like the heart posture is definitely mm-hmm. the most important, and I wow. believe like yeah. with everything in me, the more scripture you get in you, yeah. the less selfish your prayers become. That's good. So like the more you get to the Word of God and you get yeah. that deep inside of your spirit, yeah. the less selfish you are with your prayers, and your prayers are more focused on yeah. like getting intimate with Jesus, mm-hmm. like you yeah. said, instead yeah. of like so getting a new car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> so good yeah Yeah. awesome well let's go to the uh next spiritual discipline we want to talk about the practice of reading scripture Mm -hmm. um and the question that we begin to wrestle with and we need to understand is are we reading the scripture for informational purposes only or for transformation uh because i think sometimes we have this this cold and effective ineffective method Mm-hmm. of how we approach God's word, mm-hmm. that it kind of leaves us unchanged. I think sometimes we play uh, Bible Russian roulette. Right. Where, right? Yeah. Sometimes we just yeah, do that. Right. right? We, we close our eyes. Okay, God, give me the scripture. And then there you go. <laughs> hey, I've done um, it. I've done it. I've, yeah, listen, you know, that's, uh, that's why we're here. So, but what we got to understand is that the Bible is this collection of love stories. Yeah. And um, it's, it's this, and it's collectively in this single beautiful story that is mm-hmm. found in a person of Jesus mm-hmm. and how God loves us. Yeah. Um, but some are going to say that isn't hearing God's word enough, mm-hmm. right? Isn't hearing God's word? Um, I like what Luke Luke eleven twenty eight says: "Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God." And keep it. So mm-hmm. some will say, "Well, I listen to the pastor's sermon. That's mm-hmm. enough for me, right?" Uh, but hearing God's word is not a substitute mm-hmm. for reading it, yeah. right? Um, so here's a question for you, pastors: How do you read God's word? Um, specifically, maybe a different translation for a different time of day. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but. Uh, how do you read God's word? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on what you're what you're trying to get out of it, what you're trying to really uh, hear from the Lord on. So, okay. for example, when when I'm in sermon prep, I might mm-hmm. read a different translation if I'm yeah. going for like the nitty gritty Greek context and, yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, I like the message translation. I love how it reads, just very conversational. Very, yeah. it's the emotion of it really comes through. Yeah. So I, I generally tell new believers like whatever Bible translation you can really uh, invest yourself in, whatever mm-hmm. draws you in in the beginning. Yeah. Um, just read that one. Yeah. You know. Uh, no, yeah. And uh, yeah. but it's so important to. Uh, get in the word yourself. Yeah. You know, it's like you yeah. guys ever watch a movie having read the book the movie was based on, and you're like, they yeah. miss so much. Like, there's so much more beneath the surface. Yeah. Yeah. That's the equivalent of just hearing a sermon on Sundays. Mm-hmm. It's all the word, it's all scripture, mm-hmm. but there's so much more yeah. that you're missing if you just experience the yeah. sermon. So, yeah. however, you get in the word. You know, yeah. whatever translation you read yeah. Uh, yeah. is so vital to get in the Word yeah. in your private time. Absolutely. Good. Pastor Chase, for you, um, how do you read God's Word? It doesn't have to be a specific translation, but how does, how does Pastor Chase just get into God's Word? Yeah, so I mean, I guess it like it varies from time to time depending, yeah. like you mm-hmm. said, depending on circumstances and everything like that. But I think a lot of times what I'll do is I'll reread the same chapters mm-hmm. and I'll just like, I'll That's go good. through yeah. one chapter That's and I'll be good. like, all right. Yeah. Sometimes I'll do like um, Bible in a year and I'll go through the whole Bible in a year. That's and then good. sometimes I feel like God's highlighting, okay, you need to get into the book of James and like yeah. really study it. And yeah. the Bible says that it's living and active. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So every time you go into like those same scriptures they're yeah. always going to be breathed on by the Holy Spirit yeah. that's another thing I do is I invite like the Holy Spirit in I'm like mm-hmm. okay teach me these scriptures because without yeah, you yeah. I'm, I don't know yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. anything right. yeah. 
Yeah. And it says it's hidden for the children of God too. So that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. So how you read your Bible is really all contingent on, I guess, your, your, your season of life, wherever you are, what translation you feel more comfortable with. There's one year Bibles. There's three, you can read the Bible in three months. There's lectionaries. There's there's so many different ways to read, but the fact of the matter is get in the word of God. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about the next uh, spiritual discipline here is the practice of fasting. Mm. And here is, is, is where this discipline, we see that there's a lot of misconceptions. Yes. Uh, and there's actually fears of looking overly spiritual, uh, lo- looking fanatical or even legalistic. So mm. we want to kind of dispel some of that for you here today. But uh, we notice in scripture that in Nehemiah 1.4, we see that Nehemiah actually fasted and prayed when he heard the destruction of Jerusalem. The very first thing that he did was that he fasted. Um, here's a biblical definition of fasting. Fasting is uh, temporarily abstaining from food. It could be all food for a spiritual purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, fasting might weaken our bodies, right? Because we get hungry, but it's actually going to strengthen us spiritually. Yeah, yeah that's good. Matthew 6, 16 says uh, Jesus' words, and when you fast. So if we stop right there, mm-hmm. Jesus is expecting us mm-hmm. to fast. Yep. Yeah. And when you fast, it's an expectation that Jesus wants you to fast mm-hmm. um, because you're a believer. And what that does when you fast is it increases your dependence on who God is. Mm-hmm. And there's different types of fasts, right? Um, there's all fast, partial fast, Daniel fast, community fast, the length are different, right? One, mm-hmm. three, seven, 14, 21. Yeah. Um, but in the book, I actually say fasting is putting an exclamation point on your prayer. That's good. Yeah, that's so right. Mm-hmm. Like you're giving it a little oomph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I want to ask you, uh, Pastor, the question, uh, Pastor Evan. What are some examples of uh, what we should fast for? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can I fast for that new car? You know. <laughs> can I, uh, I mean, you can. can. I, no, I don't know. <laughs> can I fast for a future relationship? Yeah. Like people want to. People mm-hmm. want to know this. Or. Can you provide an example of, of your own experience? Sure. A great question, because I think there is so much misconception yeah. around this fact. For yeah. me, I've I've found it very powerful to fast for clarity. That's good. Yeah, that's uh, good. Especially when you're in a season where you don't quite know what's next or what God's calling you to. Yeah. I've found that for me, fasting brings so much clarity. It mm. narrows your focus. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard fasting described as giving up something good for something greater. Yeah, right? that's right. Yep. Like mm-hmm. food is like, yeah. I, and I'll yeah. just dispel this, okay? Is food life? <laughs> food is life. <laughs> but, you know, you can't fast, like you cannot biblically fast from something that's not good for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't yeah. fast from cocaine. Yeah. You know, right. that's not a biblical fast. Yeah. So is giving up something that gives you life Very good. to shift your focus onto yeah. the bread of life, the you know, yeah. Yeah. our yeah. father. So yeah. uh, for me, you know, it's, it's brought a lot of clarity in good. my life. Pastor Jay, I want to ask you, um, what do you do during your fast? What do I do during oh, my yes. fast? What do you do during your fast? Do, I, you, do you read the, I don't want to, do you read the Bible, listen to worship music? Like what are some things that you do? Yeah, really, honestly, like I, I probably read the Bible more mm-hmm. during a fast because I feel like everything's just jumping out at me yeah. when I'm fasting. So um, sometimes I'll even do a fast to get into that mode. Like mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, my desire for the word of God is starting to weaken. Mm. Um, And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to do a fast because every time I do a fast, it's like it may not be the first day and it may not be like the 10th day, but Mm -hmm. by the end of this fast, my like 
desire for the word of God, desire That's for good. prayer yeah, begins to increase and really it just gets better. Like mm. Daniel, um, in the book of Daniel, it says, oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved. Mm-hmm. We heard your prayers from the first day that you set your face towards mm-hmm. God, but there was wars in the heavens mm-hmm. and it took 21 days to get to you. Right. So it's like sometimes it's not right Come when you on. start the fast. Mm-hmm. It's after the fast is already right. ended. Yeah, cool. it's good. Wow. And speaking of discipline, it's it's like it's it is a discipline. It's, yeah. It's something that sometimes you have to persist through, and I think it goes back to the natural and the supernatural yeah. are so intertwined. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Wow, yeah. that's really good. Yeah, fasting. Um, like I think we said it too, Pastor uh, Evans, that it spiritually focuses our affections toward the heart of God. Mm-hmm. That's what fasting really does. Yeah. Uh, great, bang. So far, so good. Uh, let's go to the next spiritual discipline. Is we want to talk about the practice of solitude. Uh, probably one of the hardest disciplines to do, especially if you have kids. Yeah, <laughs> so, I pray for you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, really, when we're talking about it, is is the silence is a reverence for God. We yeah. see that in Habakkuk two twenty, uh, Psalm sixty two says, "For God alone, my soul waits in silence." Right. Yeah. Um, and I think you, you have mentioned it, where God's voice becomes more clearer when we begin to muffle mm-hmm. out the noise. Mm-hmm. But church, I want to tell you this, that we get too caught up in trying to hear God's voice that we miss his whisper. Mm. We get too caught up in hearing God's voice that we totally miss his whisper when he's right next to us. Mm. Jesus day. practiced silence, right? When mm-hmm. he was going, being led by the spirit into the wilderness, uh, into the desert, he practiced silence. Cause I think, there's this fatigue that comes upon us, right? Mm-hmm. Cause we mm-hmm. always want to be busy. We always want to be yeah. doing, doing something, right? Uh, we get so consumed with life. We get so consumed. And maybe some of you right now, you're, you're watching mm-hmm. this and you're just so consumed. You're already thinking about the next thing to do after this broadcast, right? It's just your mind <laughs> is just literally like working that fast. But what silence does, it regains our spiritual perspective yes. and our discernment for living. Come on. And not just living for ourselves, but living for God. Mm-hmm. That's why he says, be still and know that I'm God. And that's probably one of the hardest scriptures to to like live (laughs) out, right? Mm -hmm. So question for you pastors, um, Pastor Evan, is what are some uh, practicals that we can learn for practicing silence? Yeah, I mean, silence is so important. It's, you can't, you can't listen and talk at the same time. Mm Yeah. Right. So if you feel right. like you can't hear from God or you're not hearing from God, it's probably because you're talking too much. <laughs> you know, so if you're if you're watching at home and you feel like you're lacking clarity, if yeah. you feel like you don't know what yeah. God's calling you to, uh, solitude and mm. silence is so important. Like, oh, yeah. have you guys ever been like, I'm, I know we're all New Yorkers, so these roads are crazy. <laughs> have y'all ever been like looking for your turn and you turn the radio down so you can see better? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it makes yeah. no sense, but it's like, turn that down. I got it. Yeah. I got to see my turn. Yeah, right. Yeah. But when you turn down the volume of life, you can actually see God's direction That's better. That's really good. You know, so it's it mm-hmm. might seem counterintuitive, like, oh, I need to pray more. I need to ask God for more things. But yeah, yeah. really, he has things he wants to get to you, mm. but you can't hear him over your own voice. That's right. Yeah, wow. that's good. Same question for you, Pastor Chase. What are some practicals that you could put? And uh, I want to learn from you from this because... <laughs> well, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. So I have a two-bedroom apartment <laughs> and four kids. Okay. So... <laughs> Silence is really hard to come by. Okay. Tell us, t- tell us how you do it. <laughs> so, th- I mean, sometimes it's like in the morning on my um, commute to work, like yeah. I'll have like a two-hour drive out yeah. east, yeah. Yeah. or sometimes three, four hours mm-hmm. driving. Like I literally will just start praying, and mm-hmm. um, I have this app called Dwell. 
and it's a it's a Bible app where you can put specific like stuff on repeat, and mm. it'll like read it mm. to you. So okay. I love that. So like I get to hear like the word of God, and then so also that That's silence, awesome, like you yeah. said, like yeah. I just shut the radio off and just like try to listen yeah. Yeah. what's God speaking to me right now, yeah. and then. That's good. My favorite is being locked inside my closet because that's the only place in my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Finding that place to escape, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I also, I, t- I take all my, like, all the distractions, like electronics, take my watch off and, like, mm-hmm. chuck it at the wall. <laughs> there you go, yeah. You know, yeah. just, like, get rid of all distractions yeah. and then good, just go in. Yeah, that's why your phone has a do not disturb. Well, yeah, right? I do that. <laughs> oh, Somebody just got freedom right Somebody, now. Yeah. Someone got free from that. They're like, wait, where's that at? I have my iPhone for all these years. Yeah. Sorry, Android. I don't know if Android people have that, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. We're uh, so yeah. just about it. Yeah. So uh, the next uh, discipline we want to talk about is the practice of stewardship. Mm. So um, when we're talking about stewardship, we have this spiritual responsibility that has been entrusted to us by God to manage just our gifts of time and finances. See, sometimes we forget about the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. when we're talking about stewardship, we just talk about the financial aspect of it, but it really is, there's a time component mm-hmm. uh, with that. Um, you ever heard the phrase, where you, your kids are growing up so fast, where does the time go, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It's always that. Um, and scripture says that if a day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is a day, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so what are we filling our time with, right? Um, Next, finances is always a touchy subject, yeah. right? When, whenever you're in Christian circles, it's always a t- touchy subject, but it's the key part in biblical stewardship. Mm-hmm. Um, our generosity is an indicator of our spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. Our generosity is an indicator yeah, really of our good. spiritual health. Mm-hmm. And it is a, it's an expression of the condition of our heart. Um, and God owns a cattle on a thousand hills, yeah. right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so uh, everything belongs to him mm-hmm. under the heaven. So why yeah. are we fearing? Why are we letting time and finances become a barrier mm. in our giving? Yeah, right. right. Um, since we can't, I'll give, I'll give God anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Uh, so here's a question for you pastors is, um, what are some practical ways that we can best steward um, our time and our finances in a family and local church setting. So Pastor Abby, can you mm-hmm. answer the, 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 the time and the finances from the local church setting? Sure, sure. I think that a lack of stewardship usually starts from a lack of vision. Mm. It's, it's yeah. really easy to, um, to uh, misspend our time and our finances when we don't have a vision for it. Yeah. So in yeah. the context yeah. of a local church, I think it's so important to attach yourself to the vision of of that house mm. and because everything falls in line behind that. Like, yeah. how should I be spending my time? Well, what's the vision of this church? Who's, yeah. Who are we called to reach? Yeah. Yeah, okay, what's, good. you know, V1 Church, hello, we're, we're believing for a building. Yeah. That's a great yeah. thing yep. to step in line with the vision of your finances to get mm. behind uh, reaching more people in this region and beyond for Jesus. Mm. So I think it really comes down to vision. That's a lot good. of people, it's just, they got no plan for it. And, yeah. and I empathize because it's sometimes a very tough subject yeah. uh, to come into unity yeah. around yeah. Right but uh, I think in the local church latching onto the vision of your house and how you can serve it mm, excellent uh, Pastor Chase what's some practical ways we can best steward our time and finances with our family with our family oh you switched it up oh. on me <laughs> <laughs> um, I think a really good thing is like uh, man like uh, recently Instead of just like watching TV with your with your family with your kids and everything like that, like yeah. what's one thing that your kids love to do or your wife mm. loves to do, yeah, and just like yeah. so dedicate great. some time throughout the week. For me, it's hard because I'm working 
yeah. 50, 60 plus hours a week. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. every minute that I get while my kids are still awake, I'm yeah. trying to dedicate it to them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we went to a sports store the other day and spent like, yeah, I don't know how much, but <laughs> we got them some baseball stuff. And yeah. every day, my uh, one of my sons, Eli, he's like, "Dad, let's go play baseball and don't forget the chewy gum." <laughs> so I try yeah. to spend as awesome. much time with them yeah. doing stuff that they yeah, love. So like good. Ezra's, Ezra's a little bit different. He likes different things. Eli likes this. Eloise likes yeah, that. Yeah. So Everett, wow. you're a baby. <laughs> you know why? So good. It's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. So good. Amen. And then you can't forget your wife. Yeah, no, can't forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the last uh, discipline we want to talk about and one that's not really talked about is the practice of evangelism. Mm. So I remember when I was uh, 16 years old, I used to have what's called these little Gideon Bibles. Mm. And I don't know if you remember those days, but what I did was in high school, I would put the Gideon Bible on the table and I would that would be a, a conversation starter. Mm. And I would have atheists and agnostics and skeptics come up to me at 16 years old and I would actually just mm. talk to them about God. And I actually started a Christian club in the high school. That's cool. Yeah, it was actually pretty, pretty <laughs> cool. Awesome, just by just doing that. Yeah. Um, so what's your definition of evangelism? I like what Charles Spurgeon says. It's one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. Ooh, that's so Come good. Come on now. <laughs> evangelism is not trying to fill the seats of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not about watering down the gospel to make it uh, palatable. Mm-hmm. Evangelism is about accurately communicating it in such a way that it promotes this uh, restorative hope. It's about communicating the gospel of love to the mm-hmm. brokenhearted, and That's it's about good. giving faith to the faithless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we need to stop building our own tribe, and we need to start building our own town. Mm. Because I think sometimes we focus too much on the tribe and we forget about the town. Being missional in your Mm -hmm. community, right? Um, Involved with the affairs of the marginalized and those on the fringe. Mm -hmm. So what are some practical ways um, that we can do this? Uh, Romans 10, 14 says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Um, You know, I know for V1 Church next week, uh, the week following, we're going to be going serving the community for the week. Yeah. So we're actually going to be doing things like that and going to people's homes and painting and serving food. And uh, that's great. So pastors, what can we personally do to share the good news to our neighbor? Oh, man, so good. I think that, you know, definitely it's, it's every believer's responsibility and duty to get into scripture with the intention yeah. of being able to share it with others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but sometimes for new believers, that can be pretty intimidating. Like, oh man, I don't yeah. know systematic yeah. theology to break yeah. it down for yeah. somebody. Right, right, yeah. I think that in the kingdom, eloquence has become very overrated mm. and kindness is severely underrated. Mm. Yeah. I think there was... Um, I think it was St. Francis who said that preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, yes, use words. Yeah. yeah so in your in speaking of evangelism in your yeah. community, yeah. Uh, be a light in your community. Mm, Love people, so care so for people, say a kind word yeah. to somebody. Yeah, and on. that opens the door for mm-hmm. the gospel in a yeah. way that... Um, you know, yeah. starting a, a debate or start, you know, exactly. you know, coming in like, yeah. I'm going to convince you. Wow. It's like, how about I love you and serve you? Wow, that's, that's awesome. Same question for you. What can we personally do to share the good news to our neighbor? Yeah, so, um, man, I really like what you're saying. Like, oh, we're yeah, flowing. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you stole a couple things. I'm like, what am I going to talk about now? Oh, <laughs> but no, it's Just, like, 
Um, I, I always say it like, man, you're going to 7-Eleven to get something. You may as well just like be like yeah. kind, like you said, to the um, the person who's working behind there. Be like, hey, how's your day going? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be like the Bible says this, yeah. the Bible says yeah. that. It's yeah. like start up a conversation with yeah. them, get to know yeah. them, yeah. and then your life will reflect Jesus. So and then they'll be like, how is your life so good? Mm. How yeah. are you in this position right now? What can yeah. I do to get yeah. that? And it's like, wow. well, it's not money it's not this <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not that yeah, it's yeah. jesus yeah good. so good wow well pastors thank you so much uh for pouring in your your wisdom um as we close uh, i just want to remind you that um acts 2 42 the early church they were devoted together it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles teachings that's a practice mm. uh they were in fellowship that's the relationship component there to the breaking of bread, and that's the experience that people want. They want that shared table experience. And then it says, and to prayer, which is another practice. So they had a desire to know and to love God. Uh, and that was fueled by spiritual disciplines. You know, church, when we connect spiritual disciplines with godly desires, we get fulfilled destiny. Mm. And lastly, I want to close with Nehemiah 4-7. Um, when they heard that they were repairing the walls in Jerusalem and was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, it said that they were angry. You're going to have people right now, maybe you're more spiritual mature than your husband. Maybe you're more spiritual mature than your wife. People are going to be angry at you because you're moving at a faster pace in the kingdom of God. It's going to happen. Verse 8 says, And they all plotted together to come and fight. Jerusalem and to cause confusion to it and we pray to our God and we set a guard as a protection day and night this guard that we're talking about God has provided us with these spiritual guards that are called spiritual disciplines to protect us from ourselves and to protect us from others so church why don't we pray and let's just believe God that maybe you're struggling with your spiritual disciplines here today. We're going to believe that God is going to uh, refuel, rebuild, and renew those practices in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you that we can learn these spiritual disciplines that are guardrails for our lives. Teach us to pray when we don't know how to pray. Give us the words when we don't know how to convey it. Help us to fast, not to fast for our own agenda, not to fast for our own purpose. But God, help us to put that exclamation point in our fast for spiritual breakthrough. God, help us to read your word. Enlighten us, God, as we dive into scripture. Help us to learn your word in such a way that transforms our life, not just for information, but for transformation. God, I just pray right now, do you help us to be good stewards of our time and our finances? God, you have you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And God, I'm just praying right now that you help us to orchestrate our time accordingly. You help us to be good stewards of our finances, to give back what you have given us, your son. And God, I'm just believing that as we promote the gospel, have you called us to be mouthpieces, living epistles, God, to tell someone about the love of God. Teach us, God, I pray, to just let them know that there's a God that loves them, that there's a God who cares for them, that will never leave them nor forsake them. So I pray that those that are watching this right now, 
if there is anyone that needs assistance, that needs help in these areas, we call on heaven and we call for the Holy Spirit to help us to grow in grace. And we pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Yeah. Oh, thank you. All right. So good. Awesome. So good. Awesome. What an amazing message. For more great teaching, come check us out on www.v1.church.